past the washroom and the closed door of her parents' room, and trotted down the stairs, her shoes clicking softly on the wooden steps. Once again, her father had left the house early for the fields, leaving the kitchen to her mother. And once again, her mother hadn't gotten out of bed. In the weeks since Abby Anderson had found Perry's body at the bottom of a well, her mother's health had steadily declined. She'd become weak and listless, and even tonics didn't seem to help much. Deborah supposed she didn't blame her mother. No woman wanted to outlive her son. And no woman ever wanted to hear that her child had been murdered. Instead of making coffee and breakfast for her mother, like she usually did, Deborah fastened her cloak and left the house as quickly as possible. She was going to find a job today. She had to. No longer could she spend her days at home worrying about her parents, mourning her brother, and wishing she could redo the past. Yes, getting a job would be such a blessing in many ways. You could earn some money, have more independence, and finally have more in common with her girlfriends. Lydia Plank worked at her parents' greenhouse. Beth babysat and had a daycare service for Englishers. And Franny Iker? Franny owned her own bed and breakfast. Yes, her friends seemed to know exactly what they were doing in their lives. And each of them had experienced a bit of romance lately as well. Lydia and Walker Anderson had begun courting. Franny and Luke Reynolds, the city detective investigating Perry's death, were now seeing each other too. And while Beth didn't have a sweetheart, she'd confided to Deborah that she'd developed a little crush on one of the men who'd stayed at the inn while Franny was in the hospital a few weeks ago. All of her friends had felt that first tingling sense of interest from a man. She, on the other hand, had only gotten a good taste of disdain. Pushing her doubts away, Deborah walked quickly through the woods and popped out near Stanton Park. It was a busy place today. Several mothers and their children were out enjoying the sunny, warm morning. When one waved to her, Deborah waved back, then continued on to the first place she had in mind, an antique dealer. Walking inside a garage, the home of Esther's Antiques, she greeted the owner. I'm looking for a job, Esther. Do you need some help? The older lady, dressed as usual in a thick black dress and apron, shook her head. I'm sorry, Deborah, but I don't. As usual, the store was overcrowded, smelling musty and damp. She ran a finger along an old oak dresser. Are you sure? I could dust and clean for you. Esther frowned at the dirt on Deborah's fingertip, but still shook her head. Everything could use a good cleaning, that is true. But I can't afford the help. Business has been slow. I am sorry. Her heart sinking, Deborah nodded. That's okay. After saying her goodbyes, she moved on to another shop. This one, a woodworking store about a half mile away. But the owner didn't need help either and neither did the folks at the Amish bakery or at three of the nurseries in town. By noon, she felt her spirits sink as her only other option for employment loomed up the hill and in the distance just like a circling hawk or some other bird of prey, Schrock's Variety Store. What was she going to do? Unbidden, the earnest words written on the sampler surfaced, Don't look back, look forward. But did she dare? Of all the times to take Amish wisdom to heart. As she continued to walk, it seemed as if her feet were functioning on their own. 
No matter how much her mind and heart tried to beckon her body in a different direction, her feet just kept walking down the sidewalk, right to the Schrock's door. She didn't want to go in, and she really didn't want to see Jacob Schrock again. Deborah, you're ruining my traffic flow, child, Mr. Schrock's loud voice rumbled through the thin door. Walk in or move to the side. She opened the door and stepped inside. Mr. Schrock had on reading glasses, and his face was screwed up as he stared at an invoice sheet. Do you need help? If so, be quick about it. I've got too much to do today for lollygaggers. His terse tone made her shoulders tighten. She swallowed hard, gathered up all her courage, and said, I, uh, came to see if you needed some help. His head popped up as his eyes narrowed over the tops of his wire frames. With what? In the store, she said, stating the obvious. Self-consciously, she pulled her shoulders back and lifted her chin. The last thing she wanted him to see was that she was a nervous wreck. I am looking for a job. Are you now? Slowly, he folded up the invoice he'd been studying and gave her his full attention. She felt his gaze look her over, just like she too was...